0: Welcome to the Decent Crypto Podcast. Today is Wednesday, August 24th, and we are here with part five of the Merge series. I'm here with Matthew Blumberg, who's coming to us live from Denver. Matt, how you doing, brother?
1: I am so excited. I'm just like hyped. I am hyped for this episode. I'm hyped for the Merge. Let's get into it.
0: I feel like we're building every episode, you know, one by one. We're getting more and more hyped. We have a date now for many things. Uh, we have a, a, a party happening for the merge. Uh, still have been advised by our lawyers to not say too much about that. But uh, it's all happening, Matt. It's all happening. Uh, let's get straight into it. We have some dates. We have some uh, weird names and some uh, finalized dates. You were texting me some things. You were like, there's this Bellatrix date. There's the Paris date. I have no idea what any of these words even mean. Uh, Can you explain to us what's going on? What's happening? What should we be looking forward to when it comes to the merge?
1: Yes. Uh, So unlike everyone in crypto, we can get a
0: date. (laughs) <laughs> hey, hey, hey not you or not you or i but uh you know <laughs> yeah
1: some someone someone out <laughs> someone <there. laughs> someone i know <laughs> we've got we've got some important dates coming up we got we got hot dates uh so the first one uh just announced today is the bellatrix date so um so who is like, bellatrix <laughs> I don't know who he, she, or them is or was, uh, but but what a name!
0: Um, Great name. So, Reminds me of Harry so, Potter. <laughs> um,
1: so, so like just backing up a little bit. So, uh, the way that the beacon chain is architected now, there are two pieces of software you have to run if you want to be uh, if you want to like validate uh, proof of stake Ethereum. Um, uh-huh. So, the first one is consensus. There is a consensus layer, and then there is an execution layer. Um, and so, uh, the way you think about it is like execution is like, the, the Ethereum blockchain basically. Um, and consensus is like coming to a consensus around, uh, around like who the active validator is, who gets to propose a block, how much ETH you have stake. So basically consensus, you can think of it as like the beacon chain, um, and okay. execution, you can think of it as the Ethereum blockchain, um, okay, gotcha. with like all those contracts uh, and stuff going on over there.
0: Gotcha. Uh, can you bring the mic a little closer? Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's, that's like how it's going to actually like get activated start up. Um, where yeah. kind of what has happened so far? Uh,
1: so, so far, uh, each of the beacon chain blocks, um, has, uh, been missing a parameter. So this is called the execution payload parameter. Um, mm. And it basically contains the block as we would think of it today, all the transactions, all the signatures, like they, they all go into this execution payload, um, mm. and that's just been completely missing um, on the Beacon Chain. Uh, so the Bellatrix fork is uh, a hard fork of the uh, like consensus layer software um, or like client, right? Uh, and it says that it requires you to have an execution payload that's empty.
0: Mm. OK,
1: so uh, so it basically sets the stage for like it, it creates a placeholder for like this is where the block will go, if that makes okay, sense. Okay. Got it.
0: Got it. Yeah. And OK, so that's basically just been empty this whole time, meaning that no actual transactions are going to happen on the beacon chain. Um, like you can maybe move your ETH over and stake it, but you can't actually execute any transactions. You can't, um, you know, start sending east back and forth you can't put mint it NFTs. contracts you can't deploy new contracts right okay <clears throat> yeah and so, so
1: so there's a blockchain to control for like all of that validator metadata and logic um mm-hmm. around like how much do you have staked and like when did you enter the stake and, and like how much uptime do you have and like whose turn is it to make a block and and the consensus as to like the the state of the blockchain um all happens over there um and then uh uh, it's been missing, just completely missing this portion called the execution payload uh, portion. Um, and what Bellatrix does is it tells the validators to start including an empty execution payload.
0: Okay, got it. And yeah. that so has you can just, think of it as just like a, Like an
1: empty list, like in Python with like two, okay, two okay. Rockets. Um So that happened September 8th. That was the date mm. that got announced by the Ethereum Foundation today. Um, Got it. And then how
0: did they come come to that date? Is that just set by the foundation or is that going to happen at a certain block uh, height? Or like, how is that going to happen?
1: It's the same way any other Ethereum hard fork works. So I I believe it is block height. Um, And basically the idea is they needed to wait until right around now to get some idea for like what the what the difficulty is going to be over the next couple of weeks. So that they know like roughly when uh, basically you need Bellatrix to fire before you can actually move to proof of stake. And so you need to know uh, you need to have some idea roughly for when proof of stake like the merge itself is going to happen in order to like back out like when you're allowed to to execute the Bellatrix hard fork.
0: Mm, Okay, I see. Um,
1: and it's worth noting that like every testnet before, uh, mainnet has gone through this fork, they all, they all start out with like the, the same setup where like, you don't have any execution payload space at all. Uh, and then they all undergo this, this Bellatrix fork, which tells it to start making empty execution
0: payloads. Okay. Got it. So it is, it is another hard fork, but prior to the merge.
1: Yep. So this is the okay. last one prior to the merge. Yeah. Okay. Got uh, it. And then we have a, then we have like a another fork which is called the Paris fork and okay. uh, and and the Paris fork is what we would think of as the actual start of proof of stake Ethereum. So this the Paris fork is the merge, um, mm. and okay. like unlike unlike most other forks, it doesn't go off of block number or date time. Uh, it goes off of total terminal difficulty. Yes. Um, And so it will, um, it will execute like automatically. Um, And it 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 it. does a couple of things. It it tells the validators to stop listening to the, uh, the proof of work chain and it tells Mm -hmm. them to start making blocks on the new chain and
0: submitting execution payloads that are not empty. Okay. Got it. So that, that like last piece that you mentioned, the execution payload, not being empty, that's going to be enabled by the, previous fork, right? So the, um, you know, the the fork right before, right? Uh, with Bellatrix on, on September 8th, that's going to allow these blocks to actually be full. And then when Paris, the Paris fork happens, uh, all like basically new new blocks will start uh, being made on the proof of stake chain. Um, and they'll be like the, the blocks will be full, like with transactions, right? Is that like kind of how it's going to look like? Uh, yeah.
1: So prior to Bellatrix, if you think about it as a, a kitchen table um, or like a you know dining room table, uh, p- prior to Bellatrix, like you have like the silverware, uh, the glasses, the glassware, the centerpiece, whatever, the table mat. Um, but you don't have any plates, so there's nowhere for the food to go. Um, Bellatrix puts out empty plates and it says, start including empty uh, execution payloads. And then Paris is going to put the food on the plate.
0: Okay, got it. Nice. Which is including love transactions it. in these execution payloads. Mm. Yeah. Okay, cool. So that we have a date now for sure? Like the um, 14th, 15th September, something around that? Yeah, because it, it's still it, the it's total actually, terminal difficulty, right? So we can't know for sure.
1: Yeah, uh, you got to love that, right? Um, <laughs> it's Wait, like uh, the whole... The whole
0: When do you think we will know for sure?
1: Um, I think Ethereum recalibrates difficulty pretty frequently. So it's going to be like a few blocks out is like when we'll like down, like it depends on what level of fuzziness you're looking for. Um, Mm -hmm. But as we get closer and closer, like the the window closes a little bit. Um, Yeah. uh, Right now, the prediction according to when com is uh, actually September 13th. Um, Mm. And it said like, Around 2 p.m. UTC, which, if I did the math correctly, uh, puts it at sometime Wednesday or sometime th- that morning of the of Tuesday the thirteenth.
0: Okay, um, interesting.
1: Yeah, so it's it's moved a little bit forward relative to like a couple weeks ago. We thought it was going to be the fourteenth, fifteenth. So that impacts our plan for when to have this party.
0: Yes, the merge party, the uh, the most hype party of 2022. Um, the most
1: hype party of crypto this is a big it's a big event it's a big deal it's
0: massive uh, this is this is a, the, one of the biggest events in the history of crypto for sure maybe the biggest i would say um
1: how yeah. could you well, not we'll, have a party
0: <laughs> yeah how could you not have a party we're gonna have to do a separate episode ranking the top 10 events in the history of crypto
1: i um, would love that yeah, yeah. absolutely. number should one we, should being we just the, divert right
0: now <laughs> yeah. number one the pudgy penguins mint Um, (laughs) (laughs) Fudgies have been popping off and they hit Uh, (laughs) 4-Eth Yeah, they did and then they they sank Um, Okay, this is not an NFT podcast Um,
1: No, please tune back in, listeners (laughs) (laughs) Don't go away, don't leave (laughs) Uh, Yes,
0: okay Let's go into uh, Is Is there anything else we should know about um, either of these hard forks or really anything on uh, technical level going into the merge like the final couple steps here uh not right
1: now but um those those are basically the remaining steps is the bellatrix fork on uh, on september 8th uh and then the actual merge itself uh currently estimated at september 13th
0: so when people like refer to the merge really it's the, the paris hard fork is that it uh yeah so the
1: paris hard fork is um it's actually built differently than most fork logic. Uh, built it's different. Built, to, built different. Um, it, it's, it's built to um, it's built to, to reference this uh, terminal total terminal difficulty. Um, I see. And so it will auto, uh, activate automatically um, um, when when you reach that block. And, and so the first proof of stake block, that's what the that's when the Paris hard fork happens. Mm. um is is the way to think about it it's like not in between it's like at that block number that's the first block
0: when when Paris will
1: will have been activated
0: with every other hard fork oh so like when you're saying it's going to happen automatically like how does every other hard fork get activated
1: um I think it's uh I think it's a much more like manual process
0: um Vitalik goes into a Twitter Spaces and he tells everybody, "Hey guys, it's." He time goes into the, the Discord.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he tells the validators, "Hey guys, <laughs> everyone ready?" Uh, and someone says, "Hang <laughs> on, hang on, I have to, I have to hit the restroom 1st <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. I'm taking the Browns to the Super Bowl. Um, <laughs> okay, interesting. <laughs> interesting. So that's basically that's you know uh, fork watch for the next couple of weeks here. Uh, Bellatrix and then Paris, (laughs) yes, Fork Watch, brought to you by the Decent Crypto Podcast. Um, (laughs) all right, moving on. So we've been talking a lot about, uh, you know, talking about forks, but, you know, the fact that there will be a proof of work, uh, chain continuing to exist. Uh, we're really talking exactly about how the forks are going to play out, right? Like what the proof of stake fork, right? It is a fork the merge is a fork. It's a hard fork. Um, Like how that is actually going to happen live, like what the actual mechanics are, right? Like we've just been talking about that, but that also leaves the fact that there will be this proof of work chain. ETHW is the ticker that it's been given. It's been listed on one exchange, Poloniex before, but uh, now it's getting a second listing uh, from Bitfinex uh, Bitfin, Oh, it's also, I guess, more notably, it's got a chain ID now. Um, yes. So, uh, um, so there's there's what what an active, is.
1: yeah, uh, there's an active like GitHub repository for uh, for proof of work miners to use, um, and so the the goal, I think, behind the proof of work community is to get all of the miners to switch to to using this to process um, like current transactions on Ethereum. Um, and so the idea is uh, it has like a, an if statement that says if the total if the total difficulty is beyond the total terminal difficulty, um, then switch the chain ID is the idea. Mm. Um, so okay. chain IDs are really important, right? Because uh, they're the only thing that saves you from accidentally bro- like broadcasting your transaction to every EVM chain. So you have a transaction, you sign it, I say, I'm going to send her on one ETH. Um, and then and then you sign it. And that transaction is it's just data, right? Like it can get broadcast anyway. Like I could send a text message to the Infura API and it, if it, you know, is listening for text, like it can read that data and broadcast that to the network. Um so uh the thing about that is that like any valid signed transaction is then like a valid, you know, like there is no other check, right? So if that data exists, it can always get picked up by the network. Um, when you have a hard fork uh, or or like an alt layer one, you need to change a parameter called the chain ID. So if I send you one ETH without changing the chain ID, that would be the same transaction, like the same data, byte for byte. Uh, as if I sent you one AVAX on, on the Avalanche C chain, mm. because that's the native asset there. Yeah. Um, so this chain ID is like a really important parameter. Uh, and so basically, at the end of every Ethereum transaction, it says, you know, you add like also chain ID equals one. And then when you sign that, your signature for that, because the transaction data has changed, it's, it's added a chain ID, um, that signature will be different as well. Um, and so this is what allows you to sign something without it getting broadcast to other networks um or to keep yourself safe from broadcasting it to other networks. Otherwise, yeah. like if you wanted an AVAX, you could take my signed transaction and broadcast it to, you know, to the AVAX network. Um so we've had a little bit of talk before about like what are the things that the proof of work chain is going to need to change. Um and so and this this is like probably the core one because otherwise if I do anything on Ethereum proof of stake, it can like I'm liable for it to happen as well on proof of work, Ethereum. Uh, yeah. And so if these two are going to exist as fully separate blockchains, we need to provide like a, a safe way for uh, for users to like use one and not the other at the same time.
0: Right. So is this the, the chain ID part of it, right? Is that the miners coming to a social consensus basically and saying like, look, we're all going to use this chain ID because uh, this is just how, like, how we're going to coordinate transactions on this network.
1: Uh, yeah, that's that's okay. the idea. Um, and you know, you can think of it like if there's a transaction with another chain ID, it will just not get included in the blockchain yeah, because it's not an invalid it. transaction. It right, doesn't have right. the valid signature, right? Hmm,
0: okay. Um, so um, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. So that was something you can, that we you had can actually go
1: to you can actually go to chainlist. A uh, quick uh, plug for uh, this beautiful tool and see what all the different nice. chain IDs are. And so like when you're setting up metamask for like some kind of like crazy degenerate uh network like near um like or you know uh doge chain um you have to specify which chain id you want to use there um, that's really like the core parameter like uh there's all these other things like what do you want to name it what's the name of the network and like what's the you know block explorer and all that but in reality the one thing that actually is important is is the chain id
0: um, okay so chainlist.org
1: is like a really good really good resource for that
0: hmm okay um so the chain id has been set um yes the it's one zero
1: zero zero one nice uh so Love ethereum has good. chain id one and yeah. this is the miners capitulating man uh we've been talking about miners capitulating all bear market um mm-hmm. but this is truly the miners capitulating they're saying look doesn't matter that like we were here first and the original ethereum was always proof of work we're just gonna roll with it and like let proof of stake have that chain id one um, so that there's not like ensuing chaos. Um, and we'll, we'll, take chain ID one zero 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 one.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think they're fighting, uh, an uphill battle. So they're going to have to take, um, you know, uh, what they can get in many of these, uh, many of these, uh, you know, little, little spats here. So, uh, but, yep. the, but the thing is chain ID has been set, which means that, you know, they are going to move forward. Uh, there will be a chain, there will be exchanges that support it. So speaking of which, we had a second exchange, not exactly support, uh, you know, the proof of work chain, but Bitfinex uh, essentially provided uh, a new token that is uh, a really, really interesting product, but it's basically a derivative product um, that tracks um, both chains, uh, essentially. Right. So Hmm. users have the ability to um, basically be be trading, uh, you know, tokens that track uh, both the proof of work chain and the uh, proof of stake chain. So what they're calling it is chain split tokens, CSTs, um, that allow you to trade on basically like the the outcome of the merge. Um, so this has not got uh, gone live yet to my knowledge, but they are going to support it. Um, they had a, a blog post, basically uh, the way it works is like, it helps you prepare for like different kinds of outcomes. It's like, if there's uh, both chains, if there's only one chain, if there's like, I don't know, I guess like no, no Ethereum. But um, yeah, so you can kind of trade Yeah, I don't know. You can, you can trade like the the outcome, like what you think is going to happen, which one you think is going to have more value. Um, Hmm. I think it's good that the liquidity is being basically sourced and created right now before these events all happen, because it could lead to, like you said, more chaos uh, otherwise. Um, Yeah. I don't know. Do you have, do you have any thoughts on this?
1: I mean, I think this is just the tip of the iceberg, and I think eventually every exchange is going to list uh, a proof-of-work ETH. Uh, yeah, uh, just feel like exchanges make their money on volume, right? Like, there's, you know, you, you should be trying to list everything you legally can. Uh, and, you know, I I think, like, Poloniex was, like, it has always been, like, a little bit further out the risk curve. Um, but I think, you know, the day is close when we see Coinbase and FTX and, and all the other normie exchanges finance, like, start to list these products.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting. Like this is, a, I think, well, to be honest, I don't know if that, especially something like Coinbase and Kraken being US-based, I don't know if they can create these kinds of derivative products, right? Because right now these are derivative products. These are not spot, uh, it's not spot ETH, right? The The way it works, right, just to actually break it down is like you deposit ETH into your Bitfinex account into a specific account like designating that you want these CSTs and then you get equal parts of the ETHS is what they're calling it ETHS and ETHW right the proof of work ETH and the proof of stake ETH but then to redeem and get your actual ETH back you need to have equal parts of both right? And you need wow. to basically return it. Yeah. So in the middle, you can trade, you can do whatever you want. Right. Or, and then you can just keep one of the tokens and eventually, you know, one of them might expire worthless or they'll have an open trading, uh, basically uh, venue, right. To convert into fiat or at least to convert into other assets, um, post merge. Right. But you can basically, they're saying like, you can start to, have price discovery um now or i don't know actually when this is going live but um soon tm i
1: mean poloniex already has markets right uh like yeah. for the ETHW derivative um mm-hmm. and it's priced i think at about three percent of the value of ETH.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah um, So very low
1: yeah i mean i think that's probably where it'll you know where it'll fluctuate around for for a while um i wouldn't be surprised if like after the merge like maybe one week out, like in that, I wouldn't be surprised if during that first week it goes as high as like seven or 8%, um, but it's going to be really hard to time it. Right. And it'll probably go as low as 1%, right. And like, it'll probably steady state hit like
0: 2%. Yeah. I'm not planning to trade this event at all. There are so many big players with so much capital at their disposal and they all have their own agendas. Um Like Poloniex, the one exchange that's going to provide the most uh, liquidity is owned by Justin Sun, and Justin Sun is a fucking whale who has an insane mind. So I have no idea what's, <laughs> what he's thinking. You know, uh, I, yeah. So I a whale. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, not financial advice. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, go ahead. So there's a
1: couple more I would say like controversial things. Like while we're talking about um, proof of work, ETH. Um, One of them, uh, I want to get your take on. So, um, well, both of them. But first, like, have you seen this thing about freezing LP contracts?
0: Yes. Can you explain Um, a little bit what this is?
1: Yeah, so uh, so on Proof of Work ETH, uh, basically all the stable coins are worth zero after the merge because you can't just have like double stable coins, right? Uh, they're not backed by anything. And Circle and Tether have both come forward and said like they're only going to support Proof of Stake ETH. Uh, and so on Proof of Work, like those coins are just going to go to zero, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, they're valueless governance tokens. Um, actually, that'd be funny. We should make a, a if somebody made like a circle DAO um, that was like, yeah, yeah, the USDC, but it's like a governance token this time. <laughs> <laughs> um, So it's going to cause a lot of like chaos in the DeFi world, right? And like we we dug into this uh, a few parts back. I think it was like part two or three of our merge series.
0: Um,
1: yeah. But yeah. Uh, uh, the creators uh, or the people working on proof of work ETH are kind of concerned that like a lot of users are going to get wrecked, right? Mm-hmm. So, for example, if you're providing liquidity to the ETH USDC pool, um, when the merge happens, all of a sudden people are going to come in with USDC and buy up all of your ETH because USDC is now worthless on that chain, um, and so like you as the liquidity provider are going to get wrecked, um, and so in order to be like responsible participants in in the defi ecosystem like they don't want to be like oh you should withdraw all your eth i mean they they do say that but um that that's not going to happen uh and so they want like they they're fighting for social consensus here they need people to feel like at least they tried um and that like not uh and that like eth w wasn't just like like fucked over in the first three blocks you know what i mean mm-hmm. um So, uh, like, people are gonna hold a lot of resentment if, like, everybody that was providing liquidity to ETH USDC on Uniswap just like completely loses all value associated with that LP position. Um, And so, one proposal that they've given is they want to freeze, like, I guess, manually uh, every contract where it's like an X Y equals K like A M M that has ETH any or ETH any stable, I guess. and so uh, it's not actually part of the code base because like i think frankly just because there's so many contracts like there's not just uniswap like uniswap itself has a lot of eth contracts right a lot of eth liquidity pools yeah. but there's sushi swap there's aave there's compound uh, there's maker right there's a lot of um, there's a lot of places where like this is just going to tumble um and so while it's like kind of a noble thought i, I don't think i don't think you can do it uh what what do you think?
0: I yeah, I don't it seems like a such a short term fix and not even an actual fix. It just seems like a short term patch that's not going to work at all. Because even then I don't I don't understand the outcome here, right? Like at some point the assets, the stable coins at least they all do go to zero on the proof of work chain. And that causes mass chaos at some point whenever you unfreeze those positions, right? So even if you do freeze these LP positions or like, what does that do exactly? Right? Like,
1: so I I guess their plan is to someday implement a hard fork that removes these liquidity pools and, or like, or changes them so that all you can do is redeem your LP position. And then at least like, if you were like, say 50, 50 USDC ETH, um, you could at least get your USDC and ETH out. Um, and even though your USDC is worth zero, is worth zero, like you still get 50% of your value back,
0: but that's like,
1: you know, that, that's a lot of technical work to make that happen make sure you don't miss yeah. anyone and all of that. Like, it's just, it, I, I don't see, I don't see where the developers are going to come from.
0: <laughs> you know I, what I mean? That's tough. Yeah. There's just no, there's going to be so little incentive, especially on the proof of work chain to make that happen. Um, and if, if the incentive is there. Uh, It's going to be with people that are just absolute whales. And if they're the ones that are writing the code to return funds to, you know, LPs, then there's just a big chance of that being gamed uh, or rigged. Um, So I think that could be very, very messy. And just the more I look at it, the proof of work chain, unless there's some crazy organic demand, it's just going to... I don't want to say it's going to die right i think it's going to die in its current state i think it needs to die like literally like basically die and then be reborn as like we need to rebuild all of DeFi, or, or at least like rebuild the the state you know not necessarily rebuild all the contracts and all of the work that's been done because from my understanding, all the contracts can still stay, right? Like you can still have, it's, this is not like a, a new kind of ecosystem that you have to build everything from scratch. It'll all still be there, but like the state basically needs a hard reset. Right? So, um, in a sense that's, that's, that can be a good thing, right? Like you have the opportunity as the people that believe in that chain, to rebuild everything from scratch and to set the norms to build, you know, kind of like a, a societal culture on chain the way that you wanted to, right? With uh new systems with uh you know, they can basically rebuild like maker and uh you know, all these kinds of things with all the learnings that we've had the past, you know, few years. Uh, from DeFi and from from all the other ecosystems, all the other L1s that launched as well, right? So there is an actual opportunity there if some if people want to go in and build something from scratch, basically say like, look, if we had the opportunity to do Ethereum over, right? Like we kind of have that now because everything is going to go to zero. You're gonna have block space. It's going to be super cheap. The actual asset is gonna be super cheap. Like you could, it's it's kind of an ideal like play play area, you know. Um, if you want that, but it's going to take a lot of work and a lot of effort and a lot of smart people to actually build stuff that's valuable. And they're gonna want to abide by those values, right? Of proof of work, having an L1 that's, uh, you know, secured by miners, uh, running this hardware rather than, you know, proof of stake, which is basically supported by everybody in the community, um, or or at least, you know massive, massive swaths of people and the most notable people, including the founder. So um, it's going to take a massive effort, but it's there if somebody wants to do it, right? If somebody believes that strongly in proof of work um, at the base layer, like you really have a massive golden opportunity in front of you. Yeah, that's my rant. Um,
1: I mean, it's, it's amazing, right? Because you look at these, uh, you look at these projects like, uh, I, I think the closest parallel would be Cosmos shared security where like the the way that the Atom token accrues value is that developers are going to set up their own blockchains called Cosmos Zones. And then they're going to get their security from the existing Cosmos validator set who can so you know, they're validating the parent chain of like Cosmos Hub, but they can also validate child chains. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing with su- subnets, supernets, right? Um, you have kind of an interesting parallel here where like, that hash power does exist, right? Like you, you sort of don't have to worry about bootstrapping the security. Um, you just have to like worry about whether or not they're going to get paid enough to to do it, right? Um, it's uh, it's it's pretty interesting. Um, so I guess related to that, right? Um, and related to like, how are they going to pay? How are they going to pay developers to like build cool stuff on on proof of work ETH? Um, there was a proposal uh, from the Proof of Work ETH community, uh, and this this is wild. So they're reversing EIP one five five nine, and they're going to give the funds instead. To so instead of getting burned, they're going to send the ETH that you use for your transaction to a multisig, which is controlled by I guess Justin's son. Um, and like everybody and like members of the Eve proof of work community. And they're going to use that for developer incentives. What do On you think? On the face
0: of it, not the worst idea, right? Like <laughs> why burn the token when you can actually use it for... Public goods, right? That's what this is all about. Public goods funding anyways, (laughs) right? public goods funding. Justin Sun is the OG public goods fundor. (laughs) So, yeah, you know, man, all these guys at, you know, Gitcoin and all this stuff, doing all this hand-waving. Justin Sun is out here making moves. (laughs) I don't know, man. I just think that if... If Vitalik had made this proposal, people would be all over it. People would be like, this is this guy is a hero. Give him the Nobel Prize uh for economics and for peace you know like uh, I mean that's like, what that's
1: what people did for optimism right where yeah, like yeah. your optimism fees are going to public goods funding and literally they're like all right I'll take my I'll take my Nobel prizes now yeah yeah, yeah <laughs> um, can much, we get right? one in physics for solving the public goods funding problem <laughs> for solving
0: MEV <NDB laughs> and public goods funding
1: <laughs> The solu- their, their solution to MEV is they collect
0: it all <laughs> yeah pretty much and um, uh, they spend it how they want um and the, yeah,
1: on pub- the, no, no, the Dow, the Dow's yeah. gonna vote, man. As yes. soon as they figure out this, uh, this citizen house situation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, but shout uh, out
0: Joanna, uh, you don't listen. To oh the yeah, shout out anyway, Joanna. So you know you're not gonna catch this, but hey, shout out anyways. Um, yeah. uh yeah so i think that it sounds like a great proposal honestly um think so (laughs) no obviously (laughs) not it's not gonna go any it's not gonna go well at all this is a way for justin's son to enrich himself if he's the one in charge um but well let's let's say
1: like let's say hypothetically like it works out well so there's mm -hmm. a multi-sig and the people that are in charge of it have their incentives uh aligned to fund new projects building on proof of work ethereum okay um does that change your like analysis of it like say it's not just Justin Sun controlling all the keys like say it actually is like a, a group of people that are signing off on high quality projects to get
0: built no my whole Do you like think this is a good way like, of first, funding that yeah like my whole facetious first 90 seconds is like only half facetious i like i had to think it's a good idea um hmm. you know like i i i get the idea of burning tokens but i don't really get the idea of burning tokens if i'm being honest um so
1: here's here's where it falls apart for me um is like uh like they collect they collect some ethw right and they use it for developer incentives uh what's the first thing that de- that the developer does with that ethw
0: no they sell it they sell it yeah
1: and so it's a little bit like uh the post ico bubble uh phase when like all of these projects that raised money denominated in eth yeah. had to sell it um yeah. and it just like depressed the price like pretty pretty badly um that's i think where uh th- that's my primary concern most people's primary concern is wait what <laughs> a multi-sig all getting all the gas fees mm-hmm. <laughs> what <laughs> like this seems like pretty dangerous mm-hmm. um but yeah, for from a crypto economics perspective, right? Like you, you got you know that's the point. Of, that's the point of burning, right? Is it like decreases the supply as opposed to like sending all of the gas fees to miners, which is how it was set up before, who were just for like sure. natural sellers. Yeah, I mean yeah. it's
0: a it's a way to game the price. To be honest, like if we're just calling it what it is, like it's a way to pump the price of ETH long term. Um, but. I don't know like i think it's a cool experiment i and i also think for for sure like guaranteed if the gitcoin guy has made this proposal or vitalik made this proposal it gets it gets received completely differently and people are fully all over it um even i think now that looking back i just think that there was such a fervor for like anything that would pump the price at that time and anything that vitalik supported and really that, that that still exists But really, just thinking about it, if he had made this proposal instead of EIP-1559, I think it would have been received the exact same way. Like, very well, people would be like, this is fantastic. Like, Ethereum is so forward-looking. This is the future of humanity. I mean, that's what the optimism guys say about themselves anyways. But, you know, I think that's what everybody would have said about Vitalik or the whole Ethereum Foundation and, you know, whoever proposed this.
1: Yeah, uh, it, I hadn't thought about that, but I, I think you're completely right. Um, hot takes, but it's hot true. takes, um, you know.
0: Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, um... Okay, here, here, here's the here's the main thing. There's just not going to be much funding that's going to go through there because there's not going to be much transaction volume and much transaction, uh, not too many transaction fees paid to the miners so we're not arguing over many you know not not too much eth here also the eth w well, is going to be worth very little uh unless yeah look, not dude, too many maybe, not too much fiat look maybe <laughs> yeah i know maybe justin sun is the exact hero that i was talking about the one that bootstraps this dead network you know yeah eth w dies all the stable coins die it goes to the ground and then it rises from the ashes like a phoenix Justin Son is Albus Dumbledore. ETH W is his Phoenix.
1: <laughs> um,
0: I, I don't know. Um, look, yeah, this, may, maybe, right? Um No, definitely not. Zero, zero <laughs> chance. De- n- not even a uh, maybe.
1: Look, I could see, I could see ETHW. Um if they if they just kind of take this like uh like think about Doge Chain, right? Doge Chain was like very clear about what it was right it didn't pretend anything it what, was like, like a rug, we're a casino a rug platform we're a casino yeah. yeah exactly it's a rug platform want mm-hmm. to launch a shit coin try and pump and dump it like miss the old days uh come to yeah. doge chain did it's you still miss a Binance, and smart here. chain in
0: 2017 2018 2019 and 2020 well come over to doge chain in <laughs> <And> 2021, <laughs> and 2020. and 2021. Yeah, yeah. um
1: yeah, come yeah. to DogeChain, like Pretty the much, casinos is yeah. open uh, 24 yeah. hours, right? Um, if ETHW did something like that, right, where they honed in and focused on like one value proposition, right? Like maybe ETHW like is just like the place where you go to get crazy fucking leverage or something, right? Like a thousand X leverage. Uh, and you like literally you get wrecked on almost every trade. Um, maybe like... Maybe, you know, like your your own slippage wrecks you, right? Um, yeah, I was going to say, that means somebody uh, needs
0: to also write an on-chain uh, decentralized exchange. Um,
1: I mean, yeah, uh, well, you could do it, right? It's not like there's much box space demand. <laughs> like, it's not yeah. like gas fees are going to be high. Like, yeah. you could put as much logic as you want.
0: Um, but that's what I'm saying. Somebody but, uh, actually needs to be incentivized to do it. I, I mean, the bigger issue is that there's no oracles, Oh, true,
1: right. Like when you think about what, what goes away on EW, the it's the off-chain entities, oracles, yeah. stable coins like On-ramps, that. That's that's really the big thing. Fiat, yeah, yeah, um Bridges, dude. Yeah. Synapse will bridge to eat proof of work. Of course they will.
0: Of course they will. <laughs> of course they will. Um, Justin Sun will um, make it happen. He probably runs Synapse too. um <laughs> but, Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like. Everything needs to be rebuilt. Basically what's been provided here is an opportunity to rebuild Ethereum from scratch, if that's what you want. Um, and you have the playbook, right? You have everything that happened the last five years and you can, you can rebuild it however you want in your own image. And you have all these miners who are down to at least keep the network running, it seems for a little bit, uh, until maybe it does go to zero. How long? I mean, you'll have a flux,
1: right? Like as long as there's a block reward, you will have miners. Right. Like you might like difficulty might go to zero and you're mining it on your cell phone or something. Right. But like if, you know, if somebody's cost of electricity is low enough, they will, they will mine this chain.
0: Oh, okay. True. So do you think we go, we get to a, Oh my God. Okay. Hold on. What about this? What if we get to a world where the um, difficulty goes so low, people start selling off their GPUs and then ETH proof of work is just like a fully decentralized, like, uh, no, like oh chain God, of like nodes super, that are like, like on your phone. Like anybody could just run the node <laughs> on your phone. And then that becomes like, it starts picking up traction because of that. <laughs> and then it actually becomes a big network. <laughs>
1: I mean how long how long have we been talking Whoa. about the the fantasy world where that where that can happen? Dude, right. That where would we be have very very resource light. Wait, mm-hmm. what if it winds up being, being the less if, like, phone? <laughs> <laughs> you could oh you could God. see a world you could see a world where because like the consensus client and execution client, like uh, they take up a fair amount of like the like the beacon chain operating that like takes some compute, right? more than just validating uh the execution layer it is like technically feasible that if difficulty got low enough on proof of work ETH, it would be greener
0: than proof of stake ETH. oh my god that would be so wild (laughs) (laughs) wouldn't that immediately flip though if the difficulty starts to rise again
1: well, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. but I mean, but that will be a great time.
0: It will happen too. Like, it will definitely happen. There yeah, will be I mean, a time if,
1: e, if EW sells off enough, mm-hmm. and yeah, people sell off all their miners.
0: Yeah, it will yeah. be a greener, greener <laughs> chain than. Uh, proof of stake <laughs> and and
1: if it dies then it's really greener than proof of stake yes, absolutely. Like it actually stops making
0: <laughs> stops making blocks yes. wow <laughs> they this should is... be thanking Justin Sun yeah they should be thanking Justin Sun we've also like solved climate change dude if somebody takes up too much <laughs> energy you just kill it you you literally just <laughs> just murder it <laughs> thank you uh and you're welcome as well, uh, all you people in Europe with these energy problems. Uh, you're welcome. Um, yeah, don't let don't let Putin dictate the price of
1: your Ethereum. Uh, I think we need to cut you ourselves fruit of work off for soon. all. <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: man. Uh, okay, wait. There was one more thing that happened. Um, uh, my employer. I feel like we talked about Coinbase way too much um but <laughs> hey fun fun product we've all it's uh, mostly been positive stuff um
1: yeah coinbase based brian
0: L- liquid stay based brian um liquid staking from coinbase uh competitor what? competitor to lido this seems like i read i was looking at the white paper it seems like it's basically just a competitor to like it's like a competitor to lido basically um, it's
1: centralized Lido, right? Because yeah, Coinbase yeah. also operates the validators um, yeah, yeah. as opposed to um, Lido, which is like delegates. Yeah,
0: right, right. Um, but yeah, 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 I mean, it, it, Lido is decentralized in its validator set, but you don't get a say over who is validating your, uh, or like you don't get to choose the validators or anything like that. The
1: right? customer doesn't get to choose, but the DAO gets to choose brought at, a, at a higher level who's mm, allowed to mm-hmm. validate and
0: who's true, not. True, true, um, true. Brian is the DAO um uh, okay yeah so but dude what a great
1: idea Coinbase ETH this is like it solves all their problems right like you you're worried Coinbase is gonna have to censor transactions or whatever sell your Coinbase ETH Mm -hmm. like don't fucking wait for liquidity like speculate right (laughs) like uh like if Coinbase ETH goes to any substantial discount I'm gonna buy it right like uh
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, not financial advice. I don't even know if I can <laughs> trade this product, yada, yada, yada. I definitely can't. There's no way I can trade that product. You don't think you can um, trade Coinbase? Can you, not, there's can you no way. trade on Coinbase? I, I have to trade on Coinbase, but I don't think I can trade oh, okay. Coinbase. Either. I'm pretty sure it got added to our, our restricted list. To restricted I, list? We'll cut this out for sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what a great idea! Yeah, what a great idea. It, idea! it solves all their problems, right? Yeah, yeah, like up. people
1: were people are worried about staking centralization. You don't like it? Fucking sell your Coinbase ETH, mm-hmm. right? Like I'll, I'll I'll buy it. Not financial advice. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah. you're worried about censorship? Like sell your Coinbase ETH. not financial advice, but I'll fucking buy it. Uh, If you want to sell it at like a steep enough discount, I will absolutely buy your Coinbase ETH. Um, Coinbase, if you're worried about Coinbase going bankrupt, sell your Coinbase ETH. If you're worried that like, you're not going to get liquidity on your staked uh, ETH, like sell your Coinbase ETH. If you want to ape into like doodles because they're at seven, sell your Coinbase ETH, buy regular ETH. It's like across the board. What a fantastic idea. I feel like in like one move, they solved all of their like proof of stake related (laughs) issues. Like, it's just fucking brilliant i I yeah. didn't think of it.
0: I didn't think of it. Um, uh also is this is like another uh, revenue stream or no, or it's the same because the staking um, service is always in place, so it's not really well, it's another revenue stream because it's a, a trading trading revenue
1: one more token, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Hey. <laughs> everything's anything is a revenue stream for an hey, exchange right true, true. yeah <laughs> Dude, based Brian.
0: <laughs> Based,
1: Brian. Um, moreover look like people like liquid staking right like there's a reason mm-hmm. lido has such a large market share yeah right uh because it's complicated to stick with lido right like you have to have metamask you have to send yeah. your ETH to your metamask you have to go to the lido website and and stake it there um with coinbase and kraken like the the two other large staking providers they're centralized you just click a button and stake it right yeah. like right from the website
0: mm-hmm. uh, you don't
1: have to download metamask you don't need to buy a ledger uh like you know you're uh it's like so much easier now it's got they've got the best of both worlds right um and so i think like dangerously i think their share of the um staking uh world is going to increase substantially 100%. because it's like well i do have that optionality at least if i like really need the liquidity i can sell my my staked eth
0: oh i mean here's the thing also coinbase has partnerships with the biggest market makers Every big financial player that uh, wants liquidity, that wants more products, that wants literally exactly this, they're already a client of Coinbase's and they are very tied into everything Coinbase is doing on the institutional side already. So um, there, there's a lot more that can happen, I think, with, you know, just just this door that's been open now. Um, yeah, I mean, move, you man. think about
1: like people that use Coinbase Custody. Right. Yeah. Uh maybe Coinbase they prime. maybe Coinbase they were worried now.
0: Yeah. Um
1: maybe they were worried about staking before, right? Like yeah. maybe they're like concerned that they might need the liquidity, right? Like look at Tesla. Like we, you know, a lot of people would have thought that like Tesla would hold their Bitcoin for a while, but like, you know, they hit tough times and like they couldn't do it. Um all of a sudden staking has become an option for you through Coinbase, uh, mm-hmm. or an option for you broadly because you use Coinbase custody um and you can you can use them to connect with your like staking right like uh as opposed to like if you were using like one of these centralized custodians before you really couldn't like unless you were using like ledger prime or whatever or like metamask professional or whatever they call it like there was no way to access staking and custody at the same time um now you can
0: it's gonna open up a lot lot of doors for people to get in um Uh, yeah i think it's fantastic it's just a really good product but how long does this product even relevant right for what one one year six to 12 months after the merge and then well there's always going to be an
1: on-ramp and an off-ramp like waiting period right and it depends on how much eth is attempting to enter or exit the system at any given time like there was a point where it was like over a month uh like earlier this year if you wanted to add eth uh as a validator
0: if you wanted to add ETH as a validator what does that mean
1: if you want to like make a new validator and stake 32 ETH, like you had to wait in line.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: You can't just uh, you can't just enter and exit the system instantly because um, it's like part of the way that like proof of stake security works. Like you need to have like a minimum, you need to have a guarantee that there's going to be a minimum amount of like staked assets at any given time. Um, and so, depending on how many new, how many, how much new ETH is coming in and staking, and how much ETH is exiting and unstaking um, there's like a wait period, there's a queue. Um, and so this is, you know, faster, right? Like even if we get to the point where like the queue takes two days, um, it's like just a lot faster. If you like want that liquidity now, you might be willing to pay a premium for it. So
0: the product is relevant forever. Hmm. Wow. Okay. Okay. Wait. I mean, look at
1: synapse, right? Like we all yeah. use synapse to bridge to layer twos because we don't want to wait seven days.
0: Hmm. Huh? Okay. Wow. Interesting. I never thought about that. That makes sense. Yeah, um, it'll but always it trade
1: at a discount, right? Right, right. Because huh. of that liquidity premium. But yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Huh. Wow. Nice. Yeah. Do you think Kraken's going to follow suit? I was going to say, I, I, actually, the more I think about it, I'm so surprised that every exchange hadn't already done this before. Like, actually, they, like, we had all talked about, like, oh, we're going to move to proof of stake. Like, it's basically just going to rebuild the old system where there's like 10 oligarchs in charge of the whole thing and it's like uh it's not even the worst thing but also like why don't they just have their own product like lido does um like this just makes so much sense so yeah i would assume there will be a kr eth uh for kraken there will probably be a uh, I don't know if gemini is even a thing anymore but there will probably be an f eth for ftx and you know, BE. I think there is a BE. Actually, for Binance, it already exists. There, there is a BE. Yeah. yeah. Um.
1: I don't know um, why, but it, it must be broadly related to like when they spun up support for Ethereum. Like it was easier and faster for them to create like their own ETH tracked derivative or something. Yeah. I'm not sure.
0: Yeah. Hmm.
1: um Yeah. So I think but, they uh, will also
0: follow suit. I think it just makes sense.
1: Yeah, uh, it make, makes a ton of sense. Um, yeah. I was going to ask, do you think this increases the compliant like regulations concerns? Do you think this looks more like a security if it's a liquid tradable token rather than a service contract that you entered in with the, into with them when you staked with them and it was illiquid?
0: Um, I'm just glad that I don't have to think about these things. Um, <laughs> broadly speaking. <laughs> Uh, I don't really know, dude. Are we gonna go through all six criteria of the Howie test here? <laughs> uh, yeah,
1: it has to involve oranges.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> if not
1: oranges, at least tangerines. Uh, <laughs> I
0: think uh, I don't know. I mean, like. Will, yeah, I I do think that. Well, okay, it's an ERC seven. It's an ERC twenty token, right? So I don't know what what does that mean, right? Like it is an interest bearing asset. Like I don't know what does that mean. Uh, it's, I have no idea. I mean, it has,
1: it has some notion. So it's a common enterprise kind of, uh, I think that's actually the weakest, uh, argument, right? So it has to be a common enterprise that you're investing in. Oh, you're actually um, doing the howie test that has like uh, yeah um, I I was listening to an old F only the other day where they they watch like they they live watch a speech from Gary Gensler with like a bunch of regulatory experts and they go through (laughs) point by point like what's he saying does he have a point is he missing something
0: I remember that one Um,
1: yeah it was pretty good Um, and it takes like two hours it's amazing Um, so um, like uh, it has to be, yeah, like with, so it's common enterprise, you're investing in it, um, there's some promise of like profit or return. Um, and then uh, it has to be like contingent on the performance of a like small third party, like a limited number mm. of players. And so that's mm. why Bitcoin isn't a security because it's not like there's no, you know, A, it's there's no like expectation of profit and B, like it's decentralized. And that's why decentralization is such a big legal thing. Like, you know, that was spectrum, the, obviously, but like, where, where do you get to start offering these products?
0: That was the, basically the guidance the SEC gave a couple years ago is that Ethereum probably was a security when it was created, but it no longer is. It's sufficiently decentralized is what they said.
1: Yeah. Um, and I think, uh, you know, like this is still Bitcoin maxis still think that ETH is a security. Like you see it on Twitter, like pretty frequently, right? Yeah, like that some, is some wild. It's this. like.
0: I don't know who needs to say outside of the securities and uh, exchange commission that it's not a security for people to believe that it's not a security, but I don't know. Um, like
1: like, wh- who's paying people to FUD ETH as a security? <laughs> like what's the incentive
0: here? <laughs> Dude, the Bitcoin maxi brain is a, is a special one. Um, all right. Anything else you got? I think we covered most everything that happened this past week uh, around the merge. We got a few, few dates lined up. Um, not us, unfortunately, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, there are dates uh, on the calendar uh, to look forward to September 8th, September 13th, and a merge party at some point at an undisclosed location. Um, some interesting new products, Coinbase, uh, ETH some interesting new announcement announcements for uh, Proof of Work ETH. Uh, Justin's son is Albus Dumbledore. Learned that today. Um, and we will be back this weekend with another crypto recap uh, of everything that happened this week. Uh, until then, stay decent.
1: If you're looking for advice, you are definitely in the wrong place. Uh, Until next time, stay decent.